0: Anderson Afternoons, the podcast. Hello, and thank you for checking out the podcast. Coming up, John Stebby. He owns an ad agency in Winnipeg called Loud Space. He will talk with us about these nurses' ads the province has now pulled. David Muswagon. He was Brady Keepers softball coach up in Cross Lake. He will talk with us about this young man who has now made it to the NHL with the Florida Panthers and Johnny Vernos, King John from Vernos Auto Body on all the pothole damage that he's seeing at his shop over on Higgins. Please rate the podcast. Please subscribe to the podcast. And now the podcast. Here's the headline at CJOB.com. Province under fire after, quote, demeaning nurse ads on social media. Let me read a bit of the story here for you. The Manitoba government is pulling a series of advertisements aimed at recruiting nurses after one of the images was criticized as being sexist and patronizing the ads. By the way, you can see the ad at CJOB.com. The ads have been online since February until Manitoba is offering a work-life balance. They depict nurses still in uniform doing fun activities such as hiking in snow or visiting an art gallery. One ad used a stock photo of three women getting facial treatments at a spa, and a nurse's uniform and stethoscope were photoshopped onto one of the women. The ads were criticized on social media. Health Minister Cameron Friesen says the ads will be pulled. Uh, pulled. He calls it odd. That's according to his Twitter account. And now we're going to talk about it. How does this happen? How does somebody along the way not say, maybe that's not the message we want to put out there? Let me just play quickly here a clip of Darlene Jackson from the start this morning, Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. Uh, Darlene is the president of the Manitoba Nurses Union. Here's what she had to say about this ad campaign.
1: When this came out, it was... um it absolutely brought to the forefront for nurses in this province that there is a huge disconnect between what the WHA and what the um, government sees is happening on the front lines, to what nurses are telling me. What nurses are telling uh, you know the public is telling um, telling them what is really happening out there, and it there's a huge disconnect. Clearly, when they think that you know a nurse has time for a facial.
0: Darlene Jackson, head of the Nurses' Union. Joining us on the phone now, John Stebbie. He is the founder of Loud Space Ad Agency here in Winnipeg. John, thanks for doing this.
2: Yeah. Hey, thanks for having me on.
0: Yeah, so I'm surprised. We had a hard time finding somebody in the ad agency world that would talk to us about this because I guess all of <laughs> you are, are trying to get some government work, and I guess if you come on our air and maybe don't say the nicest things, uh, you you may not get that that ad work. How does something, and we now know that this ad or this ad campaign was done by a vendor, that's the word they're using, so outside of government, how does something like this happen? I don't necessarily blame the vendor in this case. They're doing their best with their understanding. But how does something like this get out there?
2: Well, that's a good question, but it's usually um, done in-house when something's done poorly. It's uh, per, you know people that aren't professionals that are doing it. Um, and you know what? I took a look at the site that they're pointing to, and we use a bunch of tools to see if there's some code on the site uh from the platforms that ads are running from so that you can track them and we're not detecting any code from twitter or facebook google or anything so it's uh except for an analytics account so that that would say that either the vendor didn't have any uh expertise or experience in this case or uh it was done in-house interesting i'm not going to lob accusations
0: yeah, no, I hear you, but that is, but that is interesting, and and when they use a word like vendor, who knows, right? I mean, it, yeah, exactly. it could be somebody's nephew who's good with the computer, good at photoshopping, right? We we don't we don't know. Do you think? And, and here's what I I think often government, and not just this provincial government, but often government doesn't do a great job of communicating with voters and taxpayers. Don't you think that government should invest in maybe an ad agency like yours or, or do a better job of this?
2: Well, of course, I'm going to say yes, um, <laughs> but that, you know, makes me think of the age-old, uh, you know, the phrase, everything communicates in this world in, in marketing. Everything communicates. And when I saw these ads, immediately, you know, you ask, what are you trying to communicate here? And obviously, you know, this text, it says, have time left over. Um, to explore what Manitoba has to offer. What what does that mean? Have time left over? Like, so they're trying to, they're trying to attract casual nurses. Is that it? That it's trivializing the the profession and they want people to just become nurses because you're going to have a lot of free time and you can hang out with your friends and wear your scrubs everywhere. Like that's, that doesn't, uh, it doesn't connect. I mean, these look a little bit like, um, I'd say they look like job, like career ads. You know, if it was if it was a school that was teaching a nurse's course, that this, this, this might be a really bad attempt at trying to attract people into the profession. Um, but I don't know who these are targeted at. Are these targeted at current nurses living outside of the province, trying to bring them here? It's I'm, you know, I, I think they're not they're not great, to be honest. Um, they could be a lot better. Um, yeah. Investing with an agency. I mean, we, we get asked this all the time, you know, what's the cost? What's the cost? But the question, this is a, this is a great example. The question really is, what's the cost of doing it poorly? You know, you're going to have to redo it now. Now you've got PR issues. Now you've got all this backlash. It should have been done right the first time. Like Mike Holmes always says when he builds houses, right? Do it Do it once, do it right.
0: Yeah. No, absolutely. You're right. What is the cost now of having to pull the ads and everybody's talking about it? And, you know, I mean, and as you said, I mean, you can say they're demeaning and sexist and patronizing, but they're just at the, at the end of the day, they're just badly done.
2: Yeah. I can't comment on the, you know, the the politics of it. I, I don't know if I'd go that far. I mean, I'm sure some people think so, but they're just, they're just poor. They're not in At face value, they don't look like they would resonate and connect with those who who consider nursing to be um, an important profession and would want to attract them to come to Manitoba or, you know, pursue that career and study and become a nurse. That's a different ad campaign. That's a different set of messaging. And that's not this.
0: Yeah, I'll tell you who they need to hire. They need to hire this Where's Waldo guy. Have you heard this? This is sort of a late developing thing before we booked you in. But there's a, a guy in town on social media. We, we don't know if it's a guy or a gal or whoever it is. Where's Waldo on Instagram? And they, have go, they go out and put up pictures of Waldo around town. And then everybody talks about it. They have now put a picture of Waldo over Phil Aubrey, from power 97 down the hall here on one of the billboards and everybody is talking about it the the government needs to hire a guy like this to market and promote because he's obviously doing something right
2: i like it it's loud you know that's why we call ourselves loud space got to be loud be everywhere you can be and just be loud cut through the noise there's a lot of noise out there and got to do something different but uh watch we'll see that's all going to be some kind of some kind of buzz marketing campaign some new agency will break onto the scene called Waldo or Loudspace. Who knows?
0: That's what I said too when I found out about this. I thought, you know what, we might be talking about some product, and then they're gonna go, ta-da! Waldo <laughs> is whatever, and we have helped them market and promote that. But I don't think that's the case here. It's been going on for a while and nothing's been unveiled or launched. But I had the same thought. So we're we're thinking alike John. Hey John, thanks a lot for this. I really appreciate your time today.
2: Thanks. Anytime. I'm just really happy to get a chance to play in the NHL. Um, Obviously, um, my family and them are probably proud of me, Uh, my community back home and other Aboriginal people, but I'm just really excited to go, I guess, to to play, and uh, I I have no words to explain how I feel, and it's just really, um, I'm really happy.
0: That is Brainy Keeper. He has played his first game in the NHL. Kelly Moore, our sports director here at CGOB, joins us. we got a guest on the phone in a second. But Kelly, for people that don't know, tell us who Brady Keeper is.
3: Well, Brady is from uh, Cross Lake, Manitoba. He uh, played uh, junior hockey for the OCN Blizzard of the Manitoba Junior Hockey League, and not that long ago, mm-hmm. he went to the University of Maine Black Bears where he played for another Manitoban by the name of Alfie El- Michaud. Uh, spent a couple of years at the University of Maine, uh, was scouted by a number of NHL teams, and after his second year, the Florida Panthers made him an offer that he did not want to refuse, and so became uh, a National Hockey Leaguer. two years after playing in the Manitoba Junior League, and, and I think what makes this so special, Helen, and I guess that's why you're going to talk to our next guest, is yeah. that no other player from Cross Lake had ever made it to the National Hockey League yeah. until Brady Keeper. Isn't that cool? That's a fantastic story. And yeah.
0: also so cool. There's so many great details here. Just maybe quickly... I mean, this kid was down to literally his last buck.
3: Yeah, (laughs) from what I understand in in some of the stories I've had the chance to read, Hal, uh, one said he had exactly 63 cents left in his bank account. And so uh, when he had to ship his sticks... Somebody came to the rescue for him so that he wow. could at least get his sticks uh, to Florida. Then, of course, he signed his uh, his uh, contract, but I guess he didn't have a social insurance number. So he couldn't so, cash so the money. He, yeah, so he couldn't oh, get the no. money right away. And earlier in his career, um, at the University of Maine, he became very homesick and bought Some tickets to fly home, never, ever use those plane tickets. Uh, His dad said, listen, we'll support you all the way, but I'm telling you right now, if you get on that plane, Mm. we're not coming down to Winnipeg. And that's a 10-hour trip from Cross Lake. We're not coming down to Winnipeg to pick you up. You're on your own. Hmm. And so between his dad understanding, you know, what, yeah. what the rationale was and knowing how important it was for him to live out his dream, and then, of course, the great support that he had from the University of Maine, he, he stuck it out, and boy, I'll bet you, he is glad he did. And he, he's the father of two. He has mm. two young children. They were in Ottawa last night along with his uh, other half, uh, lots of family members. It is just, and, and he was picked as the game's third star. Yeah. Yeah, Florida won 5-2, to two, so it was, Great I mean, it's just, it really is. It's the kind of yeah. stories hell we live to tell.
0: It is, yes. And stick around because we're going to bring our guest on now. David Muswagon was Brady's softball coach up in Cross Lake. David, good afternoon.
1: Yeah, good afternoon.
0: Thank you for doing this. You as well. We talked for a bit on the phone this morning, and you as well uh, at a loss for words here.
1: Well, um... When you look at the overall uh, circumstances surrounding this young man, uh, from humble beginnings, his father preparing his journey with the construction and maintenance of their annual backyard rings, playing hours in the outdoors in northern winter cold weather with his brothers and overcoming challenges and obstacles in his journey from Aboriginal minor hockey, mainstream minor hockey, junior, and college hockey, uh, Brady is a, a multi-sport athlete who has always excelled in everything he's put his mind to. And, and the one thing that stands out for this young man is his perseverance and commitment and dedication in this sport and every sport he's played, which has earned him the right um, today to enter into the world's greatest hockey league, the NHL, to play with the world's best players. Now it's up to him to demonstrate that. Um, it's up to him to demonstrate that ability to show the league that he belongs there. And I truly believe uh, he he belongs uh, up in that league, and uh, and he's got a bright future ahead of him. And when I uh, when we spoke to his father in the past, he had a little journal apparently of his dream to play in the NHL and uh, following his titles from Chris Pronger to uh, Drew Dowdy, And um, now he's become one of the biggest role models for all Aboriginal communities and youth, overcoming peer pressure and to be alcohol and drug-free. What makes uh, Brady stand out compared to other elite Aboriginal athletes is that, A, he's a very humble young man. Two, he's very coachable and he adapts. To various systems in whatever sport he plays, that he's provided uh, with an opportunity to play those sports. And uh, Brady joined our team, the Pimitra Mac Thunder, in 2016. Him, him and his younger brother Jr. And and when they seen our uh, elite uh, sports team program that we we're establishing for the community, where we have tons of raw talent, right from hockey to softball, canoeing. And what we've done over the years as community leadership and as the community, we started uh, developing an elite sports program geared at helping elite athletes and elite teams uh, to showcase the world what our kids can do. And Brady was one of those kids who was actually, with the support of our program as well, as enabled strong parental support and combining that parental support with our financial and leadership support. Uh, we were able to push him over the hump to overcome uh, loneliness, um, all the other challenges that he faced. Uh, we are super proud of Brady. Uh, again, like he said, words cannot express how we feel. It's, uh, tears of joy uh, for myself as his former coach and i wish him all the best and and and, a, and a, a prosperous journey for him and 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 by us planting that seed in, in in him a lot of other young people will look up to him uh especially from a community that's been embroiled in so much so much social turmoil with suicides alcohol and uh, drug addiction and uh but um i guess uh for myself, you know, we have to thank his parents and grandparents for their exceptional job in parenting and giving him the appropriate guidance that he needed. And we have to thank the community and the leadership and the, and the coaches along the way that have helped him and nurtured growth. Yeah, it's, it's ab- absolutely,
0: ab- uh, David, sorry to interrupt you, it's absolutely uh, setting a great example for others, especially in communities like Cross Lake. I know Kelly Moore wanted to ask a quick question. Yeah,
3: David, I have to ask, what was it last like last night in Cross Lake? I would imagine uh, that uh, every possible way was found to be able to watch that hockey game. Um, the people
1: that did watch the game, were overwhelmed with joy uh, and uh, celebration. Uh, And the others that couldn't access the game online were up in arms and very upset. (laughs) And I don't blame them because this was a big, huge momentum swing and shift uh, uh, from uh, hopelessness uh, to not just young people, all our people, but uh, you will become a symbol and a beacon of hope. Uh, uh, for our future, for all our uh, young people, that there's more to uh, life here than uh, being embroiled in social turmoil.
0: Yeah, and you know, David, yeah. I'll, I'll just I'll interrupt David because we're, we're running short on time. But I, I will just say this: while this is Brady's moment in the sun, and he deserves it, and he's worked hard for it. Congratulations to you and other coaches that work with Brady because I don't think coaches, good coaches like you, get enough recognition for the work you've done to make him what he is and help him get to where he is. Would you not agree, Kelly? Uh,
3: I would, and I've had the great pleasure of giving multiple awards to David Muswagon at the Manitoba Softball Association annual awards, and every time. People talk about David Muswagon. Yeah. they talk about how the, the contributions he makes far beyond the sport, but as a father figure, as someone that those kids can go to and speak with and, 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 uh, and, and help get through what uh, yeah. the enormous challenges that they have that, that we do not. Mm-hmm. So uh, David, uh, uh, take a bow because yeah. uh, you, as Hal mentioned, uh, you and all, all the other coaches certainly have a lot to do with this as well.
1: Well, I always took the position, even when I won the National Coach of the Year Award, my credit went to the kids because it takes a team effort to succeed in life. And uh, with me being at the helm, of being the skipper and mentoring those young people, that's all I wanted to do was uh, teach the kids what I learned in my uh, trail of life and um, and be the best coach I could be with them and build that trust and bonding with them. Yeah, and, and they did the rest. And uh, you know my hats off to Brady. I'm just super happy for him, and I wish all the other kids will follow suit. And 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 and, and what's um, I just want to point out one thing here with Brady's accomplishments when he was MVP and best uh, defenseman, in Manitoba Junior Hockey League. Not only was he runner-up as CHL Player of the Year. Where our community provided him with a vehicle in, to show that appreciation and support, but what was that? Disheartening was the NHL scouts never took notice of his uh, his skill set and his ability to be able to be recognized uh, in the draft process. But nevertheless, yeah. uh, our our community is so super thankful with the Florida Panthers organization for giving him that opportunity, and and they're going to have a keeper. <laughs> Good stuff. Hey,
0: That's David, great... thank thank you very much for your time. Kelly Moore, thank you very much, sir. I appreciate you helping out yeah, on this. So. And, and David, thank you for your time today. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Pothole. Yeah. Pothole, come and me get a flat tire. Sing it.
3: See a lot, see a lot, see a lot, see a yeah, yeah, lot, yeah. see a lot of
0: pot oh. pot hole, come and me get a flat tire. Listen, I'll tell you what. If it was just a flat tire, that wouldn't even be all that bad. Johnny Vernos, King John from Vernas Auto Body, on the phone. Hello, Johnny. How you doing, Al? I'm excellent. How are you, sir?
4: Good, good. I'm still. Uh... Buried in a pothole here on Higgins Avenue, <laughs> just before the Arlington Bridge. I haven't gotten out for two days. <laughs> is Higgins bad? It's pretty bad down there. Yeah. By the way, happy birthday. I appreciate that. I uh, made the big 60.
0: Wow. I can't believe King John is
4: 60. Can you believe that? It just went by so quick. <laughs> it always does. Busy all these years, you know, with the boxing yeah. and and the body shop and everything else we do. It just slides by yeah
0: that's why i wanted to have you on we've been talking a lot this week about potholes how much damage are you seeing there at verna's auto body on higgins
4: well you know we do full mechanical so right we're seeing a lot of shock absorbers a lot of suspension stuff tires rims uh the city's starting to fill a few but uh i think it's just going to get worse for a while and there's a lot of damage lots and how
0: bad can that damage get john if you hit a big pothole what's the worst damage you've ever seen
4: well, it can rip uh, a whole control arm out. Uh, ball joints come off. Tie rod ends come off. Shocks pulled right out of the the body of the car. Shock absorbers, you know, all kinds of stuff. Body damage, bumpers. If they're deep, you're dropping right in it. at the bottom. of your fender hits. Uh, your bumper scrapes on there. There's some some big damage.
0: And we had Brian Smiley on from MPI yesterday talking about people, you know, uh, getting the damage taken care of under their insurance. Are you seeing many people that do that, or are people just biting the bullet and paying for it themselves? I
4: would say most of the people bite the bullet, mm-hmm. and um, which is unfortunate. But, I mean, if it's bad enough, you go probably around the $1,500 mark to $1,800 mark. You don't want to be going to auto pack before that because of the penalties, uh, so you're eating a lot of it, you know. And maybe they, they forego a little bit of the cosmetics and just get the car safe. Tires get you know even tires are getting wrecked. Eh? So yeah, it's it's tough to go to Auto for that. You can't just blame them. You got to watch where you're driving. Don't drive through potholes that have are filled with water. You don't know how deep they are. Yeah, there could be a guy like Johnny Vernas in there stuck in there for a couple of days. <laughs> yeah, you know with the scuba gear on. <laughs> <laughs> you are a piece of work. Are you going to be doing any boxing again or MMA? Well, I haven't had time. They they made me the uh, president of the trade, and I've had to negotiate a lot of stuff with Auto and uh, a lot of good work uh, coming out of that. Auto has been very good, um, and which they usually are when you you talk to them the right way, and right. they're good people. But uh, I haven't hadn't had anything planned. But you never know, Hal. Maybe you're maybe we can do something together. You never know. You know what? Bring Butterbean back to town, and I'll fight him remember that i'll have to give I'll have, oh yeah i'll have to give him a call i think he's uh, sleeping in in his rib restaurants
0: <laughs> does he have rib later. restaurants
4: i didn't know that he's got a couple down south yeah and uh, i think he eats all the leftovers <laughs> and we did that uh
0: we did that spaghetti <laughs> eating contest at Pasquale's. For charity, remember uh, that?
4: Wasn't that something? That was fun. Good times. We had a whole bunch of guys. I don't think
0: Butterbean won. No, he didn't. He was the biggest guy, or one of the biggest guys. The the guy who won was a skinny little runt from another radio station. I won't mention his name because he was Uh, at another radio station. But the skinniest guy, the last guy you would think would win that contest, he won it up against me. There were bombers there, Butterbean,
4: big guys, little guy wins. Well, I don't think he was getting paid much because I don't think he ate for about two weeks before that. <laughs> Johnny, <laughs> get out of that pothole.
0: Thanks for doing this, pal. Okay, Hal, well, thanks a lot. Hal Anderson Afternoons, the podcast, is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere you find your favorite podcasts.